Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hello, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This will be for 2 Samuel chapter 21. And there was a famine in the days of David three years, year after year. And David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, It is for Saul and for his bloody house, because he slew the Gibeonites. And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. And the children of Israel had sworn unto them, and Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you, and wherewith shall I make the atonement, that ye may bless the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites said unto him, We will have no silver nor gold of Saul, nor of his house, neither for us shalt thou kill any man in Israel. And he said, What what ye shall say, that will I do for you. And they answered the king, The man that consumed us, and that devised against us, that he should be destroyed from, from remaining in any of the coasts or territory of Israel. Let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us, and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, whom whom she bare unto Saul, Armoni, and Mephibosheth and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Saul, whom she bought, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Mahulathite. Boy, they sure got strange names, don't they? Sorry, I'm butchering them. I know. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them in the hill before the before the Lord, and they fell all seven together. And were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of barley harvest. And Rizpah, the daughter of A, took sackcloth and spread it upon her, uh, spread it for her upon the rock, from the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven, and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night. And it was told David what Rizpah, the daughter of I, the concubine of Saul, had done. And David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son from the men of Jabesh-Gilead, which had stolen them from the street of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hanged them, when the Philistines had slain Saul in Gilboa. And he brought up from thence the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son, and they gathered the bones of them that were hanged. And the bones of Saul and Jonathan his son buried they in the country of Benjamin in Zelah, in the sepulchre of Kish his father, and they performed all that the king commanded. And after that, God was entreated for the land. This terrible episode must have been done in the days of David's spiritual deterioration. The law would not have permitted sons to be put to death for the guilt of a father or a forefather. Deuteronomy is explicit on that. It cannot have been a revelation from the Lord that either required or, or that required or approved this deed done to avenge the Gibeonites, some of whom Saul had slain in spite of the ancient promise of Joshua that they might live in Israel. It is a pathetic picture of in, to envision the innocent mother of innocent sons guarding their bodies from the birds and beasts 
and it is repulsive to read that after all this was done, God was entreated for the land. This is apostate theology, comparable to that of the Canaanite Baal religions. The text is somewhat corrupted, too, and the name Michal must, must be a mistake for Merab, for it was Merab who married Adriel. It, if it is indeed Michal, David's wife and Saul's daughter, who is meant, this is a very bitter ending to their relationship as man and wife, and that was by Rasmussen. So some of this is garbled and mistranslated stuff here, so thankfully that we have these commentaries that help us better understand it. Verse 15, Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel, and David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines, and David waxed faint. And Ishibinob, which was the, of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, succored or aided him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sebekai the Hushathite slew Saph, which was of the sons of the giant. And there was yet, and there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, where Elhanan the son of Jaroragim, a Bethlehemite slew the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. That sounds like the same size as a Goliath's beam, or Goliath's spear. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where it was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers, and on every foot six toes. Ah, the six-fingered man. Four and twenty in number, and he also was born to the giant, and when he, def when he, he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shammai, the, the brother of David, slew him. These four were born to the giant in Gath, and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. David by now was in his sixties, an old man so far as military service was concerned. <clears throat> Nevertheless, he personally led his forces against the Philistines. In the midst of this battle, David found himself confronted by one of the sons of the giants, perhaps even a son of Goliath. He apparently was very large and immediately began bearing down on the man who was famous for killing Goliath. For David was... For David, this was a life-and-death struggle, and the scripture states that David waxed faint. Fortunately, David's friends were nearby, and Abishai stepped in and slew the giant. After the battle was over, David was told, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. As king, David was like a lamp or guide to his people, and they did not want that lamp extinguished. David undoubtedly reflected on the days of his youth and remembered his victory over Goliath, but now he realized he must be content with the less active affairs of state because of his old age. And that was taken from the uh, Institute Manual. So that's the end of the chapter. We'll see you next time. Bye.